Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hello everyone, I am super stoked to have Morgan Don Campbell on today. She is all the way from UK. She is a transformation mindset and femininity coach. I wanted to have her on to speak a little bit about tips for ladies and really guys out there that are perhaps aren't feeling so confident as they are going through their weight loss transformation process, or maybe people that have lost the weight and aren't sure how to deal with all the unwanted attention, or maybe someone that still haven't really changed that perspective in their mind, and they still have that fat girl thinking. I know this was challenging for me personally, and At the end of the day, it's all about changing the mindset, how you think about yourself. So I hope this podcast does bring value to you. And all the information we discuss in here is intended as general information only. If you like the content discussed in this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much and share it with others so they can benefit from it as well. Well, hello, Morgan. Don Campbell, did I say that correctly? Your last name? Yes, okay. you did. Yes. So happy to have you on. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I'm wearing pink just for you. I even got pink nails, if you can <laughs> see it. Oh, you can't see it on the podcast, but you can see it on the YouTube video. So definitely check it out because this, this woman is gorgeous. The pink looks gorgeous. I love your hair. It looks like a professional blowout. Very nice. <laughs> well, thank you. So how did you get started with coaching women? And what do you exactly do as a coach? Sure. So I got into coaching women as I found that women in particular do depend on advice from others and sort of look to peers for guidance. And several seem to be following a sort of one size fits all advice, which has a lot of focus on external validation. You know, if you do this, if you follow this specific rule or wear this specific outfit, then you'll get, you know, the man or you'll get the attention. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And it seems that yeah, and for example, wanting to lose weight to appear more desirable, wanting to lose weight to feel energized, healthier, and just free up time and energy to focus on other passions and hobbies. And I've always found that because I generally, I sort of always have paved my own path. And I think that's helped me feel a bit more grounded rather than being influenced by others. So I really want to help women understand that it all starts from within. So my main focus is personal development. So I do coach women regardless of their relationship status, as it's true that we're at our most attractive when we first work on loving and accepting ourselves. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Everything starts in the mind. We know these ladies or girls out there that are supermodels, perfect body, and they don't feel confident. And you look at them, and you're like, 
how can you not feel confident? You are perfect. So it happens not just with people that are overweight or it happens to anyone, thin people, beautiful people. It happens to everyone. So I do 100% agree. It starts in the mind. Everything starts in the mind. Anything you do, your mind is the number one thing you have to convince. So I love that. And do you also, do you coach men as well or just mainly women? At the moment, I've only coached women, but I'm certainly open to coaching men. Yeah, because, you know, I think we do share a lot of self-limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and a lot of social conditioning. So I would certainly be open to it. I think because of my focus on femininity in particular, that's probably why women are more my target audience. Mm -hmm. But as you say, everything starts with the mind. So I'm certainly open to that Mm -hmm. potential. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, men, men deal with this stuff too. I think sometimes we forget that they go through those emotions too. Rather they gain weight, they're single, married, it all, it happens to them as well. So I think it would be such a great, valuable resource for them as well sometime in the future if you end up branching out. So that's awesome. So a lot of my clients and my followers are ladies that are going through their weight loss transformation journey. Some are single, some are married, all sizes, thin, big. So what I find they struggle with often is how they feel about themselves. You know, when they're overweight, they're like, oh, I don't feel confident, you know, and then they lose weight and they're like, I don't know how to deal with the tension. I still feel like I'm the fat girl on a small girl's body. So what Mm -hmm. advice would you give for ladies out there that are going through that transformation process to help them change the way they think about them, feeling more valuable, more confident, sexy, no matter what size? What can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what you've described there is, is definitely symptoms of imposter syndrome. And you mentioned about women who are quite glamorous, women who maybe famous women, women who we see as being very attractive on the outside. And it it already starts with when we have our idea of happiness being placed on external validation. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the women who kind of are, you know, already looking a certain way, but they still crave things outside of themselves, such as acceptance from certain people, or whether it's just kind of wanting to see yourself a certain size in the mirror, All of this is still the focus on the external and it's Mm -hmm. recognizing that when you love and appreciate yourself now, then the results come naturally without attachment to outcome and the bonus, but they're not the reason. So the reason should all start with you and about, yeah, love and appreciation where you are now. Um, Because when you constantly fixate on the moment in the future, when you'll feel good enough, then when you reach that moment, once the novelty wears off, you'll Mm -hmm. then have something else in the future which will be projected which is the next target you have to meet and the next one so you always have that feeling of dissatisfaction and then also with those women who are struggling um, to lose weight which is often related to finding food comforting they really need to ask themselves why do I need to be comforted Um, because often it's due to the fact that we do have those self-limiting beliefs about ourselves so it's not really about the food it's about the fact that we're telling ourselves all these negative things Mm -hmm. and then we're kind of punishing ourselves and using restricting rules to tell ourselves what we can or can't do 
such mm-hmm. as eat, which then puts food on a pedestal and makes it more precious. Yeah. So yeah, so it's really just about being in the present, appreciating where you are now, um, knowing the results will naturally follow once you kind of feel that way and have that acceptance. And you can, you can of course think about how fantastic you'll feel when you've lost the weight, but the best way to get those results is act as if now and love and appreciate mm. your body now just recognize that your body is yours you have total ownership over it and just appreciate your body I mean your body keeps you alive it's it's wonderful it's not an exhibition for others to judge it's yours you own it have ownership of that and feel proud I love that everything that you said is so true it was true for me when I was going through my transformation losing almost 60 pounds people out there might say yeah, but how do you do it? It sounds great, but like, how do you do it when you don't feel good? You're you're overweight, and you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh. And I do tell my ladies that I coach. I say, no matter how you feel, you just start. You wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I am enough. I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it might sound crazy at the beginning, like, oh my gosh, it sounds weird, but you mm-hmm. just have to keep saying it because. One day you will believe it, even though you don't feel sexy or you don't feel confident, you feel overweight, whatever, you still continue saying that. And I even encourage women to like take out a picture that you want to look like maybe it was your body before you gained weight or somebody's that you admire and just look at it, visualize, visualization. And you mentioned that visualization is huge. Ooh, it, it's definitely. everything like visualizing that body, what you're going to look like, how you're going to feel. It's so mm-hmm. important in your transformation journey. There's no shortcuts. I don't think, I mean, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking for shortcuts, then you're kind of missing the point, which is that it is all about how you feel in the moment and also enjoying the journey because it's not mm. just about the end destination. Yes. The more you enjoy the journey, the faster the results come naturally mm-hmm. because you, you're actually starting to fully appreciate the present so much more. Mm-hmm. Do you have any specific advice for people in addition to like positive mm-hmm. self-talk, like waking up in the morning and saying, I am enough mm-hmm. or just thinking, changing that mind, anything else that you do or you recommend to your clients, your ladies, even guys, this applies to guys too. As a man, you still, you have to convince your mind to think I'm handsome or I feel good. You have to convince yourself as well. I do think it is. So you mentioned about you kind of tell your ladies to take action now. I think that's so true because we're aware of things like self-limiting beliefs. And often what we do is mm-hmm. we kind of feel that we're protecting ourselves by saying, oh, well, I tell myself I want to feel good, but I'm not quite there yet. So I'm going to go easy on myself and, and dial things back and, and not go out and sort of interact with the world until I feel that way. And what we don't realize is that this is actually a form of self sabotaging and it's because Mm. we love the comfort zone so much or our subconscious does so even though we know these things we might tell ourselves this because our actions are contradicting our thoughts much like actions contradicting words we're not believing it so we might tell ourselves look in the mirror and be like okay I need to tell myself that I look beautiful or whatever but if you actually just take action and just kind of go out and just 
interact with the world. And you don't have to necessarily feel that way. We're perfectionists with everything and we expect that we have to feel at 100% before we can do this, that or the other. It all kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy both ways. So the more that we think it, the more we take action and the more we take action, the more we think it. So it just kind of goes around. So that's the real issue I think that people have is that they focus so much on thinking that way and on the belief and then they just pause everything. They pause their life to take time out thinking it's self-care but it's actually self-sabotage mm, so, yeah. that's a great point I agree so don't just say it don't just say I'm enough or I feel sexy actually start believing it and mm-hmm. start feeling as if you already are yes even though yes. you're not because if you're just like lying to yourself and you're like I'm enough but you're like Ugh, but I'm not I feel horrible it doesn't mm. work because you're telling your brain right after you say it, you're contradicting yourself. So that's a good point. Thank you for saying that. On the other hand, I also have women, and this happened to me when I lost weight, is this when you drop a significant amount of weight and you look sexy, you feel good. Sometimes you're overwhelmed with all the unwanted attention from men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and or maybe from women as well. <laughs> so how do you like how do you deal with that like i am a lot more confident now so i have no problem like saying being kind but firm and saying thank you but i'm not interested online it's super easy like i just any predators out there or guys that make inappropriate comments i just block mm-hmm. them that's easy but when you go to the gym and you have someone that you're like that continuously approaches you and tries to get your attention. Like, how do you deal with that? Any advice or any tips on dealing with the unwanted attention? Sure. So first of all, recognize that your boundaries are yours and that you totally own them and that you don't owe anyone anything. So you don't owe anyone your time. If they come up and speak to you, don't feel pressured to have to engage in the conversation if it doesn't feel natural to you. And also I would recommend just kind of having a little bit of a sense of humor about it. If it Mm -hmm. is just someone coming up to you to Mm -hmm. just to kind of say something or chat you up or, because we generally, we take things very seriously and internalize them. It's not a reflection on you or your worth. Like if they speak to a certain way, which you may feel is like disrespectful, you don't need to analyze these things in excruciating detail and recognize that their interpretation of you is influenced by their own experiences as well. And just kind of, if someone's complimenting you, just that's, you can just enjoy that in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And most people are generally, I think when you said being kind and firm, I think that's very true because most people are respectful if you Mm -hmm. kind of just direct with them and you don't have your guard up, but you have your boundaries in place. You don't need to be automatically on the defense because sometimes we assume that people are kind of, if they approach us, that they must have Mm -hmm. some sort of ulterior motives or that they're being more aggressive when actually they might just be coming up to talk. So yeah, just kind of Having that trust. Honestly, you never know. Like, there's this like man at the gym that always approaches me and Mm -hmm. always chats with me. And you know what? When I started, I was like, okay, I'll just talk to him and chat. And he is actually a super nice person Mm -hmm. that wants to chat, has no alternative motives, which I thought he did. 
because mm-hmm. initially when he came up to me, he's like, man, you're looking good. I said, thank you. My boyfriend enjoys it. Even if you don't have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. you can still say that. Be like, my, my boyfriend loves it or something. But now that I know him, I know he doesn't have any alternative motives. He really, he saw my transformation at the mm-hmm. gym when I was like 230 pounds to like 160. So mm-hmm. he truly appreciates and it's like admiring my progress. So you're right. I mean, don't take it too seriously. I love that you mentioned be humorous, just laugh about it. It's like, thank you, you know, or something mm-hmm. funny. So that's a great point. Thank you for mentioning that. It's awesome. You're welcome. Yeah, I think we hear a lot of kind of horror stories or the sort of worst <laughs> case scenario, and it makes us all quite a lot of people quite suspicious as to people's motives but as you say a lot of the time they're just coming up to start a conversation for example and yeah and you never know you never know who's approaching that's great great point another question that comes up often and my single ladies my clients and my followers sometimes they'll say you know what no I want to start dating when I lose the weight because the guys that are attracted to me now in this body are the guys that I'm not attracted to. And that was kind of true for me. How do you feel about that? Any advice on this? Or do you recommend just still go out there and date and experience things? You never know who you're going to meet. Or are you like, you know what? Yes, maybe wait till you lose weight and then see who you're attracted to. What are your thoughts on this? (laughs) I would agree with what you said in the first instance about keeping an open mind and just seeing who you meet and and practicing practice go out there and practice right (laughs) absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely yeah exactly and it's similar to what I mentioned before about having ensuring that your actions aren't contradicting your thoughts and if you're kind of putting yourself in that bubble of saying I'm not going to go out and date until I feel ready then that could potentially delay it could also delay your results with losing weight because you could start to subconsciously associate that with the the fear that you might feel about Mm. getting out there and and dating and also on some level it's kind of if you're really fixated on how you'll look once you've lost the weight and how they look now it's all this very kind of external focus and we are attracted to people for so many different reasons you never really know what will draw you to to someone in the first place. And also there's no there's no commitment here. There's no kind of, it's not a be all or end all. It's not one or the other. It's not either get into something really serious or have no contact at all. You can just feel things out. It's having that level of trust in yourself again. And yeah, just taking things slow and keeping an open mind. Mm. That's, that's so good. And so, so true. I love that. I love that. Did yeah. you ever personally ever struggle with confidence? Like, cause you're, I mean, you're always been thin and beautiful. Has that ever been an issue? And if so, how did you overcome it? When I was like in my twenties and early twenties, mm-hmm. I was like in the best shape of my life. I was training for figure shows and mm-hmm. I had zero confidence. I would literally look in the mirror and my body, it was like absolutely perfect. People were like, oh my gosh, you look so good. And I would be like, I, I feel like I, I don't, I don't feel confident. I didn't feel like I looked like, it's like almost this body dysmorphia. Like, mm. Yeah, totally. I'd say it's more of an influence that I had of the kind of more masculine hustle culture feeling that I kind of had to 
prove myself maybe a bit I had that feeling a bit more when I was younger and that I had to kind of be the funniest person in the room or be the have the best anecdote or yeah so I felt that kind of pressure I I know I went through a lot of phases I have a kind of grungy phase mm-hmm. which you probably wouldn't think now and I did like I dyed my hair red at one point and <laughs> so, so I don't know because that's kind of more just going yeah. just experimenting with because so I kind of grew up in a sort of quite hipster environment and I'm a bit more sort of ladylike I suppose and moved into that sort of more London professional image and I was encouraged to sort of behave a bit more masculine with my friends and sort of go to festivals and be a bit hippie-ish and so I sort of had that personal transformation there knowing who I felt I was deep down and recognizing that it didn't really align with where I was and the friendship group I was in at the time and so it was kind of having to have that level of trust in myself and go through a period which was a bit isolating because I was moving to a new city and I was moving away from my old friends but I was doing it because I I knew deep down that some that I was kind of changing who I really was in order to fit in with a certain group and that that was people pleasing tendencies so I did have a lack of confidence there of feeling like I had to act the same way as my friends I felt like I didn't have many options available because I would potentially be judged if I chose to have a different lifestyle and perhaps dress a bit more feminine I think there is some judgment there with women Mm. who are a bit more feminine and enjoy things like growing their hair long and wearing slightly more feminine clothes that there is an assumption that there's a kind of superficiality there or that it must only be done with the intention of attracting men. I'm glad that you mentioned that because personally I believe the way you dress really reflects, at least for myself, I'm not speaking for everyone, but the way I dress reflects how I feel. Like even when I go to the gym, if I'm wearing like oversized t-shirt, I feel blah. Like I love dressing cute to the gym. It makes me feel better. And even like going out or something, I'm always like, I'm the person that's over, usually overdressed, never (laughs) underdressed. So can you speak on that? Like how the external, you know, and some people might feel like, oh, maybe that's superficial. You know, you should like me for what I look like. But there are studies that show that, people respond differently to you, to people that are dressed a certain way, the way they present themselves. Because we all do. We all, whether we like it or not, we all place certain judgments on others. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I would say that is something to be aware of, the fact that there is a focus on the external from society in general, and that things like first impressions can and it's just it's not so much about how naturally attractive you are necessarily as it is about the level of upkeep you have and how that kind of reflects your own the time energy you put into looking after yourself things like you know basic hygiene like showering or or having having shaving your legs (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly yeah And I think something else to note about that is that all of these aspects that we consider perhaps superficial, such as growing our hair long or 
wearing certain colors, all the things we find attractive are things that are attractive because they enhance what's naturally there and what we're biologically attracted to. Mm-hmm. So things like the color red is attractive because, because it's quite a, it's quite a sexual color. It's got yeah. a lot of energy in it too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was like if, if we wear lip liner to enhance our lips, it's because it's a sign of health and it's a sign of being natural. So the idea that these things are superficial when actually they're just enhancing what's part of our biology, really. Mm-hmm. So it seems silly. And things like women cutting their hair when they enter a more corporate role, which does seem to be encouraged, that's, that's actually denying what's more natural to them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that it also comes down to, and you're a femininity coach too. There is like a thin line with the, we all have that masculine and feminine energy. We all have it, women, men. And I made that mistake early on because of my job and being Mm -hmm. more masculine at work, making decisions and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I felt like I was using more of that masculine energy outside as well. I did cut my hair at one point, like really short. I loved my haircut. I felt I was cute, but it did make me feel even more like masculine and people Mm. were very intimidated by me. And that we do have to be very cautious of that energy that we give up. Like I'm very self-sufficient. I can fix things at home. I can do things, but I'm learning to let other people do things for me and show that feminine energy to especially men that I'm with or relationships and so forth, because I think it's important. Can you speak a little bit about, since you are a femininity coach of like how to balance those two energies, feminine versus masculine First of all, it's important to recognize that femininity is very much centered in being, masculinity is very much centered in doing, and mm. it is beneficial for our corporate for our corporate mm. roles and having that sort of hustle mentality. The issue is when we then lose touch with, for example, our intuition, which is a very natural feminine trait, mm. and sensuality as well, and just kind of having that level of satisfaction from simply being who we are in our our natural state Mm -hmm. and it comes down to a very common self-limiting belief about levels of productivity reflecting our worth because we are in a society that is very much about the hustle culture and because of that that's why so many of us our default is to be in that masculine doing energy Mm -hmm. And actually, the feminine energy is a lot more creative, it's more nurturing, and it's where we're able to really tap into what we want, things like our you know, life passion or, yeah, what we recognize as being our skills and strengths. And as a society as well, there's a real fixation on strength and the only form of strength being physical, which is a masculine trait. And because of that, when we see a lot of ways that women are kind of taught to, well, ways that equality is is taught often seems to center around women being physically strong Mm -hmm. and showing that they're as capable in that sense, whereas men are naturally physically stronger. So we should really be focusing on the feminine strengths we have instead, which are things like being nurturing, being compassionate, being creative. 
and having strength with self-esteem and boundaries because that natural femininity complements masculinity and yeah and men and women can be more harmonious together when they are in those in that sort of way of being mm-hmm. so because when you do i mean i found out early in like my personal relationships with men mm-hmm that sometimes if I showed too much of my masculine energy, I was attracting Mm. more of the men that are more, not saying feminine, but like not as confident. And they were looking for that strong personality. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted a man that's more of a dominant personality, strong personality, very masculine. But because I was showing my more of masculine side, my strong side, which I thought like professional, strong, I got this. It actually mm-hmm. was reflecting and attracting the wrong kind of guys in my life. So we also have to be very mindful of that. And same thing with men. Men are the same. We don't want to demasculinize the men either because mm-hmm. they. it's important for them to have that masculine energy and feel confident around their woman because Mm -hmm. sometimes we are we have to be very careful about not doing that because we can't it's easy I've done it before it's very easy to (laughs) masculinize the men in our in our lives yes totally I completely agree with that yes and that we should be able to you know give men the space Mm -hmm. to really yeah just be in, in their masculinity and stop feeling like we have to be competitive in that because as soon as we're feeling that kind of competitiveness in that way that is being in our masculine energy and that's naturally going to repel men who aren't very masculine because there has to be a balance and that's why relationships with more feminine men and masculine women can work but if it is something that you're looking for as you say that you're more interested in those masculine men then it's yeah it's allowing them the space to be in their masculine energy and really embracing your own feminine energy, which is incredibly powerful. We talked, we touched on single women and stuff like that, but what about the married ladies that don't feel confident about themselves in the bedroom or they do not want to undress to show off their bodies around their husbands? And obviously we all know that men, if your husband loves you, they love you no matter what. And if you ask them, they're going to say, you look beautiful. And it's just, again, like going back to that limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. of how we feel about ourselves. What advice would you give to ladies out there that are married that maybe want to increase their confidence Mm -hmm. in themselves, whether they're overweight or thin, whatever state they're in? Mm -hmm. So first of all, recognizing that confidence itself is a very attractive trait so just having having that confidence in itself it's more important than the actual physical than the physicality especially when you are married and there's already that loving relationship there and also remembering that it's an experience which is enjoyable for them and it's about their pleasure so it seems that they are very much looking at it as being all about their husband's enjoyment whereas it is a two-way street and he may be feeling similar ways and yeah just that it's it's more about that kind of mutual 
level of love and respect for each other. So and maybe communicate that as well. You like there's times where I don't feel confident and maybe just tell your man or if you if your language is like your love language if it's words of affirmations and mm-hmm. you need your husband even though you know you you look good or or whatever and you need your husband to say maybe you're sexy mm, you look good sometimes maybe it's yeah. just something like that saying it to your husband there's times where my self-limiting beliefs make me feel not so confident mm. i would love if maybe you could use more of words of affirmation because that's what makes me feel better or more confident. And we all know confidence and self-esteem does come from the inside, but sometimes in a marriage, in a relationship, we need that acknowledgement maybe from our guy. Even though I did mention about the importance of confidence and how confidence is attractive, at the same time, vulnerability is very feminine. So yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of times people that pride get in the way rather than just being honest about these things and direct and yeah and just kind of speaking that way but also so it's it's speaking it's speaking your truth without having attachment to without having to seek out the external validation from them so without Mm. having to put that pressure on them Mm. of being like you know you have to validate me in this way just expressing that feeling in a state of honest vulnerability but without having that kind of you know pressure on them but also just opening it up so that you're kind of empowering them to choose how they may want to help or they may want to respond or it's just saying it's just speaking your truth without having that attachment and then letting them respond how they choose to respond in that moment in that kind of open respectful way I love that. Yes, communication is key. And you also want to be careful because you don't want to portray to your husband or your man that you're not interested in them because you feel you don't feel confident and you don't want to undress or have sex with them because you don't feel good because they can think of it as maybe you're not interested in them. So it's also very important to be open and communicate about it. And if you need to bring the spark back, maybe start going on dates again, start dating again. If things just kind of like got complacent in your marriage or your relationship, go back to the times when you were dating. What were the things that attracted you to that person and start doing those things again? I think people say it's such a cliche, but yes, you do have to constantly work on your relationship and your marriage. You can't take Mm -hmm. things for granted because people get bored. We get bored. I get bored. So if we don't continue to work on ourselves and things to, I mean, you don't have to go over the top, but just even once a month, having that time together, if you have kids and your lives are busy, you never have time to even sit down for dinner together. That's so important. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. I'm variety is the spice of life and having that yeah keeping that spark going and having that reigniting those date nights absolutely and I'd also say it's important to recognize that even when you are in a relationship or married you still have you're still a whole person you still have the aspects of your life that are entirely yours Mm. because sometimes that can actually help build build a spark is sort of 
reclaiming who you are and having ensuring that there aren't other gaps in your life that you're trying to get your partner to fill for you, such as perhaps if you feel dissatisfied with your job it could be all things like body image and yes you can have your partner help help with that but ultimately you also even within that relationship you still have a level of independence and you still have the ability to kind of look into ways of dealing with that on on your own and and maybe looking at other ways to be satisfied in your life and just ensuring that you that you still recognize that and you still have that part of you that belongs to you So I think that's really important too. Mm. I know you're not coach for men. Hopefully one day you will branch into that field because I think think it would be so valuable and so powerful coming from a woman to be able to coach men because there are so many men coaches out there for, for men, but we are the ones that tell men like how we want to be treated or how things work, right? So I think it would be so powerful. But anyway diverging. Here we go. For men that struggle also with weight-related issues or Mm self-worth, confidence, and maybe they're not so vocal about it because they're men, they're just going to suck it up and it's just how it is. Do you have any advice for guys, any tricks or anything, any tips for the men (laughs) out there that are, I don't want to forget about them because I think that they deal with similar issues and they're maybe just not as vocal. We're more emotional beings as women. So we talk about it more, but men maybe don't and they struggle with some of those issues inside. Mm, Yeah, totally. It's actually really interesting when you said about how you feel like that would be a useful, it's useful to have a woman say these things because I do actually, so I have a YouTube channel and I did have someone this guy contact me and asked me if I had any dating tips for men. So it seems that you're not the only one who who feels this way. I think what's key is to be direct and succinct with women and to, I feel like sometimes men might reach out and just kind of be trying to play it cool with what they're saying by kind of asking really casual things Although also having said that, I think a lot of times in that instance, maybe there isn't the initial interest there. It might be a more kind of passing the time thing. Mm -hmm. So what I would recommend is just, yeah, being willing to just be direct and that women do like confidence, but also it's okay if you're a bit nervous in the moment. We're not going to judge you if you kind of feel that it's tricky to go up to a woman and ask her number. It's more the act of going up as opposed to being Mr. Cool and in, in the moment or just kind of really laid back and chill about it. Let's say you're single and you want to go up to a girl, ask her out. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? She's going to say no. I mean, it's not going to, she's going to beat you over the head with a stick. <laughs> it's not like live or die situation. So you have to also think about that. I mean, if she says no, it's okay. Yeah, and- totally. Just be brave and don't worry. Like some of the times, again, we just limit ourselves in our minds and we, we create these stories like, oh, she won't like me. You never know. You just never know till you go and try or ask her out or say something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right that sometimes people do over internalize things or feel that they're bothering someone or that it's almost 
when someone hears from them, their instant reaction would be, you know, oh God, I can't believe they're contacting me. You know, that's that sort of reaction. And it seems that men sometimes worry about this. And just speaking from experience, if I've had someone contact me or ask me out and I'm not interested in them, I've never been bothered by it in that way. I've never been like, oh God, what a nuisance. Because it's just, it's, fine people don't hold on to things to that extent you're probably how you're imagining things will play out or her reaction is will be a lot worse than however she'll be reacting we're all flattered if we're asked out and it's it's not an inconvenience to us it's fine provided you're not texting her five times in a row calling (laughs) her all the time it's honestly fine and just yeah, you never know until you ask. And we really do appreciate initiative as well. Mm-hmm. With this whole dating world now with the internet, the swipe culture, it is hard. It's hard to know like what works, what's right. Do I ask for a number? Do I do? There's so many, and we could do another podcast on this because there's so much we could talk about. So what three things in your life or three mm-hmm. lessons do you wish you have known sooner? Anything related, relationships, career, life, anything at all? I wish I'd known that forcing myself to work overtime often doesn't produce the results that you want. This is related to when you're focused on your career and you buy into this culture of, you know, working around the clock and that that's the quickest way to success. And instead, Really, it's just about enjoying and appreciating where you are now, having that level of confidence that you can then actually pursue things which you previously perceived as being out of your reach. Mm -hmm. And also taking the time to really sit and ask if something's right for you, because so many of us just kind of venture down one path without stopping and considering, is this what I want to fully is this definitely right for me? Is this my passion? Is this what I'm passionate about? Or am I just doing it because everyone is doing it and I got to hustle, hustle? I love that. That's such a good point. Thank you. Yes, definitely. And not being influenced by other people, Mm -hmm. as you say, because that is a big thing. I wish I'd known sooner that the best lesson of all is not to take life too seriously. Mm. Because we often build everything up to be like life or death. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a sense of humor about situations and how things play out. Mm. And actually, everything that happens to us, we can always find ways to laugh it off, realize that our power can't be taken from us by these external sources unless we let them. And the more we feel this way, the more we get to enjoy the present moment. And that's a very feminine thing as well, just to really enjoy and appreciate the present and yeah just just have more of a sense of humor about it all you know life is it's unpredictable at times just enjoy that that's great I love that great reminder yes so my final one would be that I wish I had been prepared to make a fool out of myself sooner (laughs) and not be such a perfectionist because things like this interview right now and being on camera there was a time where my instant reaction would have been to kind of overthink it and question things and have all my answers rehearsed to a T and the more we do this and apply that sort of perfectionist mentality the more we stall taking action and the more we 
keep ourselves trapped in our comfort zone and we just never really we, we never learn like mm-hmm. mistakes are there for us to learn mm-hmm. and again we can just have that sense of humor about it because it isn't life or death it's all everything happens for a reason so we just need to find the why behind that I love that too. That's such a great point because sometimes you could be waiting till everything is perfect to do an interview or do something mm-hmm. and that day might never come because you might never be perfect. I'm not perfect. I never will be perfect, but just, just being okay That's with real. Yeah. Or if you, you make a mistake, I mean, what's a big deal. We can cut it out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and same, yeah. And the same thing, even with like, weight loss or relationships, just do it. Those are great. I love those. <laughs> That's why I love asking this to people because everyone has such a different advice that mm-hmm. they have gone through personally in their life that maybe I haven't thought about. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's such a good point. So thank mm-hmm. you. Last two okay. questions. What services as a coach do you provide? I know you have a course as well online. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So first of all, I offer one-to-one services mainly a deep dive two-hour session Mm -hmm. which is focused on a specific area whether that's wealth health or relationships often it's relationships that seems to be the big area that people really want to dive into and it includes a life audit beforehand looking at key influential areas of your life because often our self-limiting beliefs develop in childhood and teen years So having a life audit beforehand of those key areas to see which recurring patterns are happening Mm -hmm. and then going through the session to identify the key limiting belief that has had a continuous influence over those crucial years, clear that out, address where that belief came from, why it's false, and then just rebuild confidence and rebuild your So shifting your mindset in the way that you view relationships and your femininity, because all of these areas tie into your femininity. So yes, that's the one-to-one service. Awesome. And then also you you do online courses too, like e-courses or anything like that for people that maybe don't want to do like one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm currently running a nine-week course, which is called From the Modern Damsel to a Collected Queen, which is also about the self-limiting beliefs. It's very much about social conditioning for women and the sort of social conditioning that has influenced their views on their the external validation and yeah how to shift those beliefs rebuild their confidence and look into things like how they're addressing dating and how their sense of self-worth is being influenced by these beliefs and then my main course is called free your inner icon which is 10 modules over 14 weeks and that is more about personal development and It's for women who feel that they have to depend on rules, that they have to Mm. fit a certain status quo to be acceptable and lovable, Mm. rather than embracing their individuality and what makes them truly iconic. Mm. And also includes a life audit, identifying their kind of key iconic traits, but also ties into more of my personal experience with acting and modeling and traveling and writing and how to view them how to apply sort of writing techniques to themselves and how they see themselves as the 
protagonists of their own story mm-hmm. and also how to make themselves more visible with things like using screen acting techniques and potentially being on camera for entrepreneurs and having that visibility without being stifled by the self-limiting beliefs. So that's like my core course. And again, you can PM me if you'd like to hear more about that. Awesome. I love all of you. I, I feel like I need all of these courses. <laughs> Those all seem amazing, actually. Just like just basic life coaching and just Those are great. So I'll definitely share all that stuff. And how can people reach out to you? I will link your Instagram in here, Morgan Don Campbell. That's the full full name of your Instagram. I will link all that stuff in here. Any other ways you, you mentioned YouTube, any other ways you would like people to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd recommend on Facebook, I have a Facebook group, which is called Free to Be Iconic. And it's a community of women. And it's where I share weekly lives. I share training tools. I share all the details on my courses. And yeah, that's sort of the the main place to be. And it's sort of a supportive network of women. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for taking the time to chat with me. I truly enjoyed it. This was very educational for me. I do think that women and men out there will find a lot of value in this. I love your personality. I want to acknowledge you for taking the time to do this for women, to share your knowledge and inspire other ladies out there. I think it's so powerful to do that. I love all your accomplishments, modeling, acting, you've written novels, like you're an amazing person. And I think you're going to go so far. I love that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Monica. I've had such a lovely time and you're such a wonderful, inspirational woman as well. And you have such great zest for life and Yeah, it's been really enjoyable, this whole interview and experience. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share it on your social media, and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Follow Monica on Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf and on Twitter at fitfathotaf.